Please be aware the stories, theories, reenactments, and language of this podcast are of an adult nature and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and even in some cases, offensive. Therefore, listener discretion is advised. You know what? There's very adult content ahead, and you know what? You've been warned. Welcome, heathens. Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be investigating stories about the weird, wonderful, unexplained, eerie, scary, and downright unbelievable. There will be tales of ghosts, murder, supernatural beings, and unexplained mysteries. So, sit back, grab your favorite drink, relax, and prepare to be transported to today's dark enigma. And, well, on today's dark enigma, well, either it's my morbid curiosity or my sixth sense of humor. I'll let you decide, but tonight's subject is very dark and very terrifying. So, that's all I'm going to say for now. We will still be playing our drinking game. And as you know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home, <laughs> like any of us can leave our houses <laughs> and have nowhere else to go tonight. That's right. The choice of libation, as always, is yours, my darlings. So choose your poison accordingly. All right. Now for the game part. How about every time I say buried? That will be a single shot. And every time I say alive, that will be a double shot. Yep, I know you guys are just waiting for it with bated breath. But, my darlings, don't forget to pay the ferryman because he's got to get us to the other side. Because now that the business end is out of the way, we can jump headfirst into today's dark enigma and terrifying true stories of being buried alive. Mwahaha. Yeah, I'm getting a little crazy, stir crazy in the house. Sorry, guys. Being buried alive ranks pretty high on the list of pretty horrific ways to die. And it was, it used to happen a lot more than it does now. In fact, in the earlier days of medicine, it was much more difficult to determine if someone was actually dead or just in a coma, emaciated, or paralyzed. Starting around the 18th century, suspected corpses were subjected to, well, abusive tests to establish death. And it ranged from the fairly benign nipple pinching all the way up to hot pokers inserted into their rectums. Yeah, I just want you to stop for a moment and think, how did we get from pinching nipples to hot pokers and rectums? I'm just not going to go there. <laughs> if no complaints registered on that last test, it must certainly be safe to assume that that person's dead. <laughs> or, yeah, well, they're going to be. Laughter ensued in 1846 when French doctor Eugène Bouchou suggested the use of new stethoscope technology to listen for the existence of a heartbeat. That's right. Only 150 years ago, people were laughing at a stethoscope. While we should feel very thankful that the days of inferior medical equipment and lack of knowledge are, well, somewhat behind us, we haven't rid humanity of this horrible experience as of yet. There is evil in this world that still makes the threat of being buried alive a very real and very valid concern. 
as some of these stories are going to point out for you. So, good luck sleeping tonight after hearing some of these, especially if you suffer from taphophobia, the fear of being buried alive. Mwahaha. <laughs> I had to add that in. In 1937, a 19-year-old from France by the name of Angelo Hayes went for a motorcycle ride. Perhaps he had minimal knowledge of how to operate such a vehicle because he ended up crashing it and slamming headfirst into a brick wall. When help finally arrived, they found Hay's head was mangled and he had no pulse. He was so terrible to look at that his parents were kept from seeing him for their own good. Hayes was declared dead and buried three days later. Due to an investigation by an insurance company, the body of Angelo Hayes was exhumed two days after the funeral, and it was quite the surprise to find that his body was still warm. Apparently, in the aftermath of the accident, his body put itself into a deep coma and required very little oxygen to upkeep his system. After being buried alive, Hayes received proper medical care and went on to make a miraculous full recovery. He then invented a type of security coffin that he toured across France, and it was reported to contain a small oven, a refrigerator, and a hi-fi cassette player. Because if you're going to get buried alive, God forbid that you shouldn't have a small oven, a refrigerator, and a cassette player though he didn't think of any, well, oxygen and, you know, toilet paper, because Lord knows if you get buried alive, you're going to shit your pants, right? Well, moving on. In 1889, Octavia Smith married a wealthy Kentuckian by the name of James Hatcher. The newlyweds had a son whom they named Jacob. However, infant mortality rates being what they were in the late 1800s, Jacob died in infancy. Losing her son put Octavia in a deep depression, and she was bedridden for several months. During this time, she also began showing signs of a mysterious illness. Eventually, her body entered a coma-like state, and nobody could awaken her. She was pronounced dead in May of 1891, just four months after Jacob's death. It was an unusually hot May that year, and so Octavia was buried quickly. Embalming was not yet a common practice. But a few days later, others in the town began falling into a similar coma-like sleep with shallow breathing patterns, only to awaken a few days later. They discovered it was an illness caused by the bite of a tsetse fly. Fearing that she had been buried alive, James panicked and had Octavia exhumed, thinking she might awaken. She had, but James was far too late. Octavia's coffin was airtight. He found the coffin lining had been shredded and Octavia's fingernails were bloody. On her face was a frozen and contorted shriek of terror. A traumatized James reburied Octavia and erected a lifelike monument on, of her that sits in the cemetery that she rests in. Historian Jessica Forsyth notes that James went on to develop a severe phobia of being buried alive. And you know what? I'm not stupid, but who wouldn't after an experience like that, right? Well, let's go a little bit more recent for you. In March of 2005... 
sex offender John Evander Cooey kidnapped and raped nine-year-old Jessica Lunsford. Murder was also among the charges as Cooey buried the girl, bound in speaker wire, in a trash bag near her home in Homosis, Florida. The only thing is, Jessica wasn't dead when Cooey put her in the bag. Heartbreakingly, nobody discovered the girl's makeshift burial site hidden under some leaves until some three weeks later. The medical examiner ruled that Jessica died of asphyxiation and that she'd managed to poke two holes in the trash bag before she ran out of oxygen. Her fingers were sticking out of the holes when they uncovered the bag. Buried inside with Jessica was her favorite stuffed animal, a purple dolphin Cooey let her bring along when he abducted her. As much of a gut punch as this story is, we can take some solace in where this landed Cooey. He was caught, prosecuted, and sentenced to death, though he didn't live to see his own execution. Cooey died of cancer, and some sources would cite the very, very unpleasant anal variety in prison. I'm just going to say sometimes karma comes along right when you need it. Earlier, at his sentencing court date, Cooey mentioned that he would apologize to Jessica in heaven. Jessica's father, Mark Lunsford, said, I have bad news for you. I don't think you're going to make it there. And I agree, because people like that need to burn in hell. So, our next story, I'm going back to 1884. Most of what can be gleaned from this unfortunate case is from a newspaper article dating back to 1884. Because a hasty burial for Anna Hockwalt turned out to be a hazard to her health. Kentucky's Hickman Courier reported that a young lady by the name of Anna Hockwalt was dressing for her brother's wedding and sat down to rest in the kitchen. When someone checked in on her a few minutes later, she was still there, her head leaning against the wall and apparently lifeless, as the paper reported. Medical aid arrived and the doctor assumed she was dead when he couldn't revive her. Anna's generally nervous nature and the fact that she suffered from heart palpitations was the flimsy cause of death. However, this assumption didn't sit well with some of Anna's friends who thought her ears still looked pink as though blood was flowing through them. Anna, however, was buried the next day, and her friends told her parents of the earlier observation. Of course, this perplexed her parents to the point of having her dug back up. They found the absolute worst-case scenario. Anna's body was turned on its side, fingers gnawed almost to the bone, and hair torn out by the handful. Unfortunately, she was buried alive. And dug up not alive. Sorry. This story really just broke my heart. It's a story about Mina El Hawari. Usually, when you're on a first date with someone, you think about how it will come to a close at the end. While you're supposed to plan for the unexpected, nobody should ever have to plan to be buried alive after dessert. But one such horrific story comes from May of 2014. A 25-year-old French woman by the name of Mina El Hawari had been chatting with a suitor online for months before deciding to make a trip to Morocco to meet him for a real first date. She arrived at her hotel, her hotel in Fez, Morocco, on May 19th for her date with her dream man, but she never checked out. 
Mina met the man, and they shared a lovely evening until she collapsed onto the floor mid-date. Instead of calling the police or an ambulance, the man assumed Mina had died on the spot and made the hasty decision to bury her in a shallow grave in his garden. The problem was, Mina wasn't actually dead. As it happens, she was an undiagnosed diabetic and was in a diabetic coma when he buried her alive. A few days passed before Mina's family filed a missing persons report and flew to Morocco to try to find her. The Moroccan police were finally able to track down her, well, murderer, and raided his home. They found his muddy clothes and an unused and a used shovel before discovering the scene in his backyard. The man quickly confessed to his crime and was charged with manslaughter. Although, I'm going to say, seriously, I- I'm just going to say, a medical professional should always be involved. I'm just saying. All right. In July 1893, a farmer by the name of Charles Boger, and yes, I could call it Booger, but I'm not going to, so just stop. It's Boger. And his wife were living in Whitehaven, Pennsylvania, when Miss Boger suddenly died of unknown causes. Doctors confirmed her death, and she was promptly buried. And that should have been the end of the story. But sometime after her death, a friend told Charles that his wife had suffered from hysteria before Charles had met her, and it was possible that she hadn't actually been dead, although I'm going to say after somebody's buried is not probably a good time to bring that up. The very thought of his wife, Mrs. Boger, having been buried alive haunted Charles until he himself became hysterical. Unable to live with the thought of his wife dying in her casket, he employed friends to help him exhume her body for confirmation. What he found was shocking. Miss Boger's body had been turned over, her shroud and robes were shredded to pieces, and the glass of her coffin lid was broken all over her body. Her skin was bloodied and scratched while her fingers were missing entirely. It was presumed that she chewed them off while attempting to escape. Unfortunately, nobody knows what happened to Charles after he discovered this. You're going to love this one. And this guy's name is awesome. John Snart. Yes, his name is Snart. Make your joke now. Because it's somewhere between a fart, a a shart, and a snart. I don't know what that is. (laughs) Anyways, John Snart published The Thesaurus of Horror in 1817. In it, he recalls a gruesome tale of premature burial involving a man named Mr. Cornish. Cornish was a beloved mayor of Bath, who died of an apparent fever some 80 years or so before Snart's work was published. As was customary at the time, Cornish's body was buried fairly quickly after he was pronounced dead. The gravedigger was halfway done with his work when he stopped for a quick drink with some visitors who were passing by. While they were having a chat, they heard the sound of stifled moans coming from the general direction of Mr. Cornish's half-buried grave. It dawned on them that he had, in fact, been buried alive, so they hurried to try and save him before he ran out of oxygen in his casket. But by the time they had removed the dirt and were able to open the coffin lid, it was too late. Mr. Cornish had suffocated in his own gate, in his own grave, and left his knees and elbows bloodied and beaten. This story scared Cornish's half-sister so much that she told her relatives to behead her when she was thought to be dead so she wouldn't suffer the same fate. Although, I'm going to say if you're not quite dead and they behead you, 
I'm going to say that's a little bit more horrific. I'm just saying. The idea of being buried alive is scary enough, but it becomes inconceivably horrific when a child is the victim of such a catastrophe. In in August 2014, that is exactly what happened to a six-year-old girl in Uttar Pradesh, India. According to the girl's uncle, Alok Awashti, a married couple that lived close to the victim told the girl that her mother wanted them to accompany her to a fair a few villages over. It wasn't until they reached an expansive sugarcane field that they proceeded to strangle the girl and bury her for some unknown reason. I'm going to go because they're fucking crazy. Sorry. Luckily, some of the villagers working in the field saw them enter and became suspicious when they exited without the child. They went to the spot and found her unconscious and not breathing in a shallow grave just inside the field. They were able to rush her to the hospital in the nick of time, and when she regained consciousness, she was able to identify her kidnappers. The girl, however, did not remember being buried alive. Police don't know why the neighbors planned to kill the girl, and the hunt is still on for the two suspects. And as as horrifying as this case is, we're lucky to know that it did not end with a tragic death. But one fearful story of premature burial comes from a pamphlet entitled The Most Lamentable and Deplorable Accident, which is more of a legend than anything else. It is a story of a London butcher by the name of Lawrence Cawthorn, who fell fatally ill in 1661. Lawrence's landlady was eager for his swift death, so she could inherit his belongings. She saw to it that he was quickly pronounced dead without a doctor's consultation and buried at a nearby chapel. Not long after his entombment, visitors and mourners heard screams and shrieks coming from the grave. They rushed to dig up Cawthorn's coffin, but alas, it was too late. Cawthorn's shroud was completely shredded, his eyes were swollen, and his head was bloodied beyond recognition from where he'd beaten it against the coffin in an attempt to escape. His landlady was then accused of prematurely putting Cawthorn in his grave, and, well, the story became a thing of myth and legend for hundreds of years. And it's still a tale today. But in 1993, a 24-year-old South African man by the name of Sifo William Madalshi and his fiancée were involved in a severe car accident. Although Sifo's fiancée survived, Sifo was so badly injured that he was declared dead by responders following the accident. Sifo's body was taken to the Johannesburg mortuary and placed in a metal box for burial. But Sifo was never actually dead. He had just been unconscious in the wake of the crash. For two days and nights, he remained in that steel box until he awoke in a confused daze and began to scream for help. Luckily, some of the workers at the morgue were around to let him out of the box, and he actually survived the whole ordeal. The unfortunate part of the story came when Sifo tried to return home to his fiancée, only to be sent away because, well, she thought he was a zombie. And as if being buried alive wasn't horrific enough, now you're the walking dead. In 1987, an Illinois publishing and media heir by the name of Stephen Small was kidnapped and buried alive in a makeshift wooden box near the town of Kankakee. His assailants, a 30-year-old man named Danny Edwards, 
and Edward's 26-year-old girlfriend, Nancy Risch, crafted a plan to abduct Stephen and keep him immobile underground while asking for a $1 million ransom from his surviving family members. His kidnappers were able to provide the 39-year-old Mr. Small with minimal air, water, and light inside his homemade coffin via tubes, but he was left buried three feet under a sandy area, and he ended up suffocating after his breathing tube failed. Police were only able to find Mr. Small by locating his maroon Mercedes near the burial site. Since Edwards and Rish were convicted, there had been some debate with the testimonies over whether or not the two intended for Mr. Small to die in his coffin. Either way, it was a horrific crime with tragic consequences, and lucky for us, Edwards and Rish will most likely remain behind bars for yet another 27 years. For as long as humans have been alive, there have been cases of those trying to defy fate. There are now tutorials on what to do if you find yourself six feet under with no means of escape. And people have gone so far as to be voluntarily buried alive to try and escape death. In 2011, a 35-year-old Russian man did just that, only to succumb to a tragic death. For whatever reason, the man in question believed that burying himself alive for 24 hours would make him lucky for the rest of his life. With some help from a friend, he dug a grave outside the city of Blavoshikesh, whatever, it's got a bunch of letters in it, I don't know what it is, and inserted into a makeshift coffin, complete with air piping, a single bottle of water, and a cell phone. Once the man got inside the casket, his friend covered him with nearly a foot of dirt and left. The man called his friend just once to say he was fine, but when the friend returned to relieve him in the morning, he was dead. It seems that an overnight rain might have blocked the air pipes and left the man to suffocate in his own casket. And while this story is tragic, the most disturbing thing is that being buried alive was a popular internet trend in Russia at the time, so there's no way to know how many more suffered the same horrific fate. And I know you guys have been waiting for it. And I can't hold it back anymore. I'm going to have to do it. Ah, 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 ah. Buried alive. Buried alive. Okay, that's enough of that. Sorry. I had to do it. <laughs> and with that, my darlings, we've come to the end of our episode. And I thank you for joining me here today. I hope that you'll take the time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on what you think about it. Because God help us. I am so freaking bored. Somebody send me an email. You can always reach the show and myself at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And if you have any suggestions for some future shows, or you want to tell me what you think, or you can still send me pictures of toilet paper, though I did find toilet paper last weekend, so I'm good. Drop me a line, because I do reply to every single email. And by the way, I loved the 3,000 pictures of toilet paper that you guys sent me that just made me laugh every time I opened it. And the one that actually had it folded into like hotel corners, that one was the best. You guys are awesome. I love you guys. On that note, that's all the time we have for you today. I thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio. And don't forget to tune in next time, my darlings. See you, my heathens. I love you. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk.